0: 2 Timothy 2, in verse 20, I'm reading the New Living Translation. <clears throat> it says this, In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are used are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use for every good work. Paul gives us one condition to be used by the Lord in a special and honorable way. He said, you know what, you know, as, as, let me, before I go any further tonight, you know, all of us could be used by God. Before I go any further, let me say, and I was thinking as I was, I was worshiping and, and didn't have this in my notes, before I go any further... We don't have to be perfect for God to use us. I just want to be clear about that, okay? We don't have to be perfect. We never will be perfect till we get to heaven and we're with Jesus, right? But Paul makes it clear in this verse that he says, you know, some utensils or vessels, some translation says, they, they are made and they're used, you know, for, for like an art, for ordinary use. Some wood and clay, and, and even in Romans, Paul uses this illustration. Um, but some are used for special and honorable I would like to say great and mighty things. And Paul gives us one condition, and that's you must keep yourself pure. You must be pure, pure of heart, pure of mind, just living clean. It says if your life is clean, you'll be ready for the master to use for every good work. You'll be ready. You won't have to get ready. If you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Right? I looked up the word pure. And and, and by the way, I think I told you this before. Brother Francis... Uh, Gave me a good a good resource. It's the Noah, Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Do a little comparison. If you like to study the Bible, just by the way, if you look at that and I have on my on my phone uh, dictionary.com, or you could use dictionary.com, you will find some totally different meanings from the dictionaries today to Webster's, Noah Webster's Dictionary in 1828. This is just a little side note. When I looked up in it, because he's taken... He's taking definitions, biblical definitions of biblical times. Matter of fact, when I looked up this word, it gave me a few different scripture references. Amen? Like, I'll just give you a quick example. I might have you know, you might have heard me say this before, but he showed me, Brother Francis showed me an example. He said, like, if you look up the word meek in the Noah Webster's Dictionary, it talks about meek being like Jesus, being humble, and being a servant. If you look up the word meek in dictionary.com, com Some of the, uh, the definitions of meek is, um, is weak and spineless and a doormat. Kind of a different, the, we know Jesus wasn't spineless, right? He was the bravest man to ever live on this earth. And so just, anyway, if you want to study the Bible and even just get definitions from a biblical worldview, check out, you can get it if you have your phone, the, the App Store, Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. So anyway, that's, that's just a little freebie, a little side note if you like to study. Or even for your everyday vocabulary, really. The word pure, according to this dictionary, according to the word of God, is free from moral defilement, defilement without spot or tarnish, incorrupt, and holy. That's what the word pure means. Almost like this bottle of water, it's a pure bottle of water. Obviously, if, you know... um, I got some dirt in it, if I got, you know, if a, if a if a fly had, you know, flew in here and died in my water, I would say that it wouldn't be pure anymore, right? Isn't that correct? So pure, as of right now, as far as I know, it's pure. It tastes that way. So tonight I want to talk about purified for a purpose. The name of this message is Purified for a Purpose. And I want to give you three ways tonight, not that it's exhaustive, but Three ways that we're going to look at, even in the book of Daniel, through the book of Daniel, because this past week I was reading through the book of Daniel, and I just saw this. I love when the Lord does this. I thought of the scripture in 2 Timothy, he gave it to me, and I saw it played out in the book of Daniel. How, three ways that you can become, if you're not now, are how you can stay pure. If you're living in purity, once again, purity doesn't mean perfection, but purity. How can you become and stay pure? And there's three things. It's through resistance, repentance, and fiery trials resistance, repentance, and fiery trials. So as I said, I was reading through the book of Daniel, and I saw this played out. So we're going to start looking at this. I'm going to use other scriptures, New Testament too, but we're going to start kind of going through in the book of Daniel. I want to stay in New Testament. Number one, let's look at number one, resistance to defilement, to to, uh, impurity in our life. James 4, 7 and 8 says this, So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So again, a lot of times we'll start with resist the devil. The first thing you got to do is humble yourself. Humble yourself before God, resist the devil and he will flee. You got to understand and know that anything that comes your way to try to defile you or cause you to be impure in any way is from the devil. You must know that. Any, Any form of temptation, anything that is sin, you have to know comes from the enemy comes from the evil one. And, and, and that's, you have to resist them. That's where I think some people get in a bind. I actually, I was, I was counseling with a young person just recently, and they said when, when they, they were living in an outright sin, when I asked that person uh, and are, addressed it and said, this is sin in your life. And they said, well, how can it be sin if it feels right? I said, well, there's a lot of things that feel right or feel good, but that don't mean that they are right. See, so people sometimes go about this the wrong way. I think there was even an old song, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, if it, if it, if it's, uh, feels so good, how can it be wrong or feel right? Something like that. I don't, I don't know. I think Lynn knows where I'm trying to go with that. <laughs> you all might know, but, but you got, that's what we have to understand. Just cause something may feel good doesn't mean that it is good. And so if you know that something lines up you, what, what uh, doesn't line up with the Word of God or what the Word of God calls sin, and I'll get into that more, le, a little bit later of some of the ways that we do defile ourselves, you know, you got to understand that there's things all the time that are sin, that your, your brain will release chemicals and say, man, this feels good. But just again, just because it feels good running through your body doesn't mean that it's not defiling your body. <laughs> are defiling your life. Are y'all tracking with me? So let's look through Daniel real quick. Let's look um, at Daniel and his friends, his compadres, and look at some of the examples of how Daniel and his friends resisted. A lot of y'all know these main points in the book of Daniel because they're highlighted all the time. But as I was reading through and thinking about 2 Timothy, I was like, man, this is it. We know, look, if you in Daniel, Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them, by the King Daniel and his buddies they were they were exiles, they were captives from, uh, from from Israel in Babylon, under the Babylonian rule, and they picked these young men to serve the king, and so they wanted to feed them all kind of things that went against the Jewish law with to, with, what they can eat so he said i'm not going to defile myself by this food." He resisted defilement under Jewish law. Now we know that Jesus made it clear that as New Testament believers Food cannot defile us, right? We know that Jesus said when the Pharisees shouted, Why do you disciples defile themselves by not washing their hands before they eat? Jesus said, It's not what goes into your stomach that defiles you, uh, because you would just pass that, you know. And He goes into what I'm about to talk about, it's the things that we say that comes out of our mouth, out of our heart, and whatnot that defile us. Now, let me just say this, though, this is going to be the second time uh, in this. In this campus that a minister is giving a shout out to Whole30, okay? So, like, there's some people and, and you know, that desire, and, and as I do, to eat clean and eat clean foods, like, and do certain things and eat certain ways. That is good for your body, right? It doesn't defile you spiritually, but it is good, Right? I knew that that Cajun country, I guess that don't go over too good. For those of y'all that are not trying to eat clean and organic and all that stuff. So anyway, it's good to eat clean foods and to eat things that, you know, make you feel better and all that. But that won't spiritually defile you, right? That won't cause you to be in sin. It won't cause you to be impure. If you eat fried fish, for example, right? If it's catfish, you, you can eat that. If Jesus says if you bless it and all that, it's good. Now, it might not make you feel the best if you go try to run on a treadmill after, but it won't defile you. But listen what Proverbs says. Listen to what Proverbs says. Yeah, that one went over rough. Kelly talked about, gave a shout out to Whole30 and to like people eating diets at the chapel this morning for school and, and, and went over a lot better. I'm going to have to tell him his, his went over good. I guess it was a one-time thing for, for, this, uh, for this altar. So, But listen to this. All joking aside, this, I love this scripture. And I've, I've preached a whole message on the scripture I'm about to read. Proverbs 15, 14 says this. Listen to this. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the food feeds on trash. Keep that up, Doug. Now, do you think in that scripture he's talking about actual food? No, because he says a wise person is hungry for knowledge. So he's talking about getting knowledge. He's talking about the word of God. Then he says in the same context, while the food feeds on trash. So the, 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 the Solomon wasn't talking about Food, actual food there. There's all kind of things in our day and age that we can feed on that's trash that will defile us. Are y'all tracking with me? Like I said, I preached a whole message on this, and and and, and it's, it's so true. You know, what we feed on today is usually not, again, what we put in our mouth, but what's coming in our eye gate and in our ear gate. That's the way we feed on trash. Now, we can which I'll get into in a minute, we can add to that by our mouths, but it's not physical, it's our eyes and our ears and our minds. Things we let in is the things that defile us, especially in the day and age of screens, where everywhere you got a TV, an iPad, an iPhone, a computer, a laptop, all this stuff, it's so easy to feed on trash. Am I right? Or is it just at my house, or in my office, or on the TV, or on billboards, anywhere you go? You can be watching a family show with your with your family, a TV show that seems like it's good, but as soon as the first commercial, commercial hits, I've said it, you better have the remote control in your hand. Because very quickly a family show will turn into soft porn when it comes to a 30-second commercial. So we can feed on that stuff. It's one thing where you see it, you turn your head, you turn the channel and whatnot. That's one thing. That's different. You're resisting it. But are you feeding on that? That stuff will defile you. you think, oh, we're just looking at something. I didn't do it. I didn't go be with another woman. I didn't go carry that out. You're going to defile your mind. You're going to defile your heart. You're going to, it's not, there's no way you can be in right relationship. Or let me say this. Yeah, right relationship or close relationship with God if you are defiled. If you are impure. He makes it clear if we want to be used by the Lord in a special honorable way, these kind of things we can't feed on. It could be media, it could be porn, it could be it could be lies from the enemy. So many people feed on trash. It's lies that the enemy whisper to them. The enemy's whispering thoughts: fearful thoughts, perverted thoughts, thoughts of insecurity, thoughts of uh, inadequacy, thoughts of you know you're, you know you, you, what's that pain in, in, in my chest. Uh, that it's probably you're going to have a heart attack it might just be gas like really it's very i just heard of a story again the other day where somebody was having severe chest pains and thought they were having a heart attack they went to the doctor and they diagnosed it with the medical word but it was gas is what it was but the, isn't that funny you get a headache like what if it's a brain tumor you know that's that's the enemy. And I'm gonna encourage you. I've said this before. Be careful. If you get a headache, don't go on Web and these websites because that's the first thing they're gonna tell you. They give you the worst case scenario. Look, like, I'm guilty, okay? Look, let, can I confess my sin before you? I started having some pain in my shoulder not too long ago when I was working out and, and I, I, I pulled and it hurt it hurt pretty bad. And I thought, man, what if like I messed up my rotator cuff? Because it was hurting, it was hurting all on my arm and everything. I was like. Well, man, if I got to have surgery, I ain't going to after hunt season because I don't want to mess up. You know, I, w- I want to hunt this. I was like, and I'm already thinking it's a torn rotator cuff and I'm going to need surgery, you know? And so, and it 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 wasn't. It went away. It still hurts a little bit, but the pain. But I'm guilty, right? We've, we can feed on those thoughts. Those thoughts are not of the Lord. That was something simple. I knew I wouldn't die if my rotator cuff was torn, but I didn't want to have surgery either. Thankfully, it was like a poor muscle, you know? But we can feed on those, right? We can feed on those. We've all been there, right? If you're younger, as you get older, you're going to have more of those little pains and stuff. And, you you'll, you know, you'll have the opportunity to, to feed on it. But it can be, like I said, it can be about your identity. It can be about, like I said, insecurity, inadequacy, fear. It can, It can be about, you know, how do you know that the Bible is true? Can you prove that? how do you know God is real? How do you, and the enemy will plant, I'm telling you, I've talked to people that have been saved for years and questioned their salvation sometimes. That's trash that the enemy tries to get us to feed on. Amen? We got to be careful. Now, not only do we, it could be media, it can be all that stuff. You know, we can also feed on other people's words like gossip. A lot of people feed on gossip. They get, they get a heavy dose in like two servings a day of gossip. But you got to be careful. Are you going to feed on that? You know, if you look just a few, few verses up in 2 Timothy, where I just talked about in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, he talks about to avoid foolish talking and, and all kind of like, you know, stuff like that. And, and, and he says to, to, to avoid that stuff because you end up feeding on it. And he says some people have been, been taken away by that. And he even names a couple of people by name. Remember pure means free from moral defilement. Free from being defiled by anything you see, you hear, you talk about, you you do. Don't defile yourself with an impure relationship. You single people out there. Keep it pure. Oh, we are going to get married anyway. Don't do it till you get married. Okay? Don't 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 try to play into that Pastor Todd, I'm not going Pastor Todd hit on that on Sunday. I, I was like, come on brother. Amen. He was talking about single people or couples wanting to bless their relationship when they're not married. You know what? You can't bless it if it's not pure. Amen. And I just want to tell you, for those of you that are single or in a, a relationship that you're not married yet, I will stand up here tonight and testify, going pure is the best way. Our marriage uh, has been blessed, and I looked back. The Lord showed me on high areas of our life where we've been extremely blessed in our marriage and because we made it a, a point to stay pure in our relationship. Amen. And that's, that's glory to God. Amen. He gave us the grace to do it, but it's worth it. I just want to say that it's worth it in your physical, in your, in your earthly relationships. How much more is it worth in your heavenly relationship with your father to stay pure? Amen. All right. So that was Daniel. He, He refused to defile himself by the, by the food that he ate. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wouldn't serve false gods or worship a statue. They refused to defile themselves by, by worship of a false god. You remember that? A statue, and talk about a little more, where Nebuchadnezzar set up a statue and said, hey, look, you know, you, when, we, when, the, when these instruments play, you got to bow down and worship the statue. They said, no, we're not doing it. I said, okay, well, we got something for you. We'll get into that in a little while. So that was the way his, his three amigos refused to be defiled. And then Daniel later, whenever they made a decree, Daniel, th- these guys in Babylon were so jealous of Daniel. And I'd encourage you, if you haven't read through the book of Daniel, these guys, the officials, uh, under the, of Nebuchadnezzar was so jealous because Daniel was, I uh, had favor, was in a high position. They said, man, we can't find fault with Daniel in anything he does. Let's try to catch him in his religion. And so they said, hey, he went to the king and said, we're going to make a decree that nobody can pray to any other God except the king for 30 days. And 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 if they do, they're caught praying, then they're going to be thrown into the lions. Then and Dan, Dan, Daniel said, I'm not going to pray to anybody else, and I'm going to keep praying to my God. And three times a day, the Bible says he would go to his window and he would pray, and he refused to defile himself by one praying to anybody else or not praying to the Lord. Because listen, this is the deal: there's things that we can do that can cause us to have impurities. There's also things we can do to keep us pure, like continue to pursue the Lord. Listen, the closer you get to the Lord, the less you're going to want to take part in anything that's nasty. Amen. Right. You're not going to you're not going to want to do it. When you get all dirty and you're working outside or whatever, and you you're full of fish and all that, And you go get cleaned up and you take a shower. The first thing you don't want to do is run outside and get dirty again. Right. You like that clean, refreshing feeling that you get. So like Daniel was seeking the Lord, he said, I'm not going to defile myself with your food or with your gods. I'm going to continue to seek the Lord. So they resisted. Resistance. And listen, the Lord will give you grace. That's why it says, humble yourself before God. Resist the devil. When you humble yourself, he gives you the grace. He gives you the strength. He gives you everything you need to resist. Amen? You can't stand there on your own. You have to have the Lord's help. Amen? So number one is resistance, because the enemy will continue to come. Jesus said you will always have temptation. So don't ever think you're going to get to a point in your Christian walk, and I'm not saying this to discourage you, but Jesus made it clear that you will always have temptation. As long as we're on this earth, we will be tempted to be um, impure, but the Lord will give us the grace. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, Right? Amen. So I just want to tell you that so you're not disillusioned and think, man, I'm, I've been saved for 25 years and I'm still getting tempted. Jesus said it will happen until you get to heaven. Number two is repentance. Maybe as you're sitting here tonight, you know there's some impurity in your life. You know you've, you've, you've allowed some things in your life, in your eye gate, your ear gate, in your relationship that are not pure. What do you do? You need to repent. Simply repentance. James chapter 4 and verse 8 and 10. Now this is, this is, is in your face scripture, but it's in the Bible, so it's in there for a reason. Amen? Amen? Okay. Come close to God and God will come close to you again. He's he's initiating. Draw close. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Amen? Amen? That sounds like more than just a little token prayer. God, forgive me of my sin. Amen. That's what I used to do before I got saved. Every night I'd go to bed and ask God to forgive me of my sin just because I didn't want to go to hell. Knowing good and well I'm going to get up the next morning and do the same thing over again. James lays it out with true repentance. That's a picture of true repentance. That's brokenness for what I've done. Brokenness that my sin... That now Jesus to the cross, I continue to dwell in. I continue to willingly participate in as a born-again believer. He said your loyalty is divided between God and the world. He's talking to the church here. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's saying you want to serve God sometimes, but you want to still dabble in the world. If that's you in here tonight, I want to challenge you. You need to repent. You need to repent and turn from that sin. Turn from that impurity. If you know there's impurities in your life this is the route you need to take. You might think, well, I just got this little sin. It's not a big deal. If you, It might not seem like a big deal now, but if you allow it to continue to fester and to continue to grow, it will eventually make you impure. You will be, what the Bible says, defied. And again, it depends on do you want to be used? Do you want to be set apart? Do you want to be honorable, ready for the Lord to use in these last days? Listen to what Daniel said in Daniel chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. He said this, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem and his holy mountain. I love this. Not only did Daniel repent of his own sin and and confess and repent of his own sin, but he was also repenting for the whole nation of Israel and of Jerusalem. I want to encourage you tonight. And encourage us. I love Pastor Todd always does this every time, especially we have a carpet down of prayer and prayer and fasting. Don't only repent of your sin. How about we repent of the sins of our city, our state, and even our nation? Amen. That's what Daniel did. He's like, well, I didn't do that. I don't, I'm pro-life. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, do any of this. I don't believe in that, that, you know, it, that the decision that the Supreme Court made and all that. I understand. And that's good. But you know what? We need to still pray. And I think it can't hurt. Daniel was a man of God and he laid it out and he repented on behalf of the whole nation. Amen. The Bible talks about God's looking for someone to stand in the gap in Nehemiah to rebuild the wall of righteousness. And he said he couldn't find anyone. I want to stand in the gap. I want to I want to rebuild the wall of righteousness in this nation, amen, in this city, in this state. So I want to encourage you, if that's you, to repent. Acts talks about repent so times of refreshing can come. So times where, again, if you look at a physical of being impure, of being dirty, of being of being stained when you've been working outside all day, when you've been sweating or what, isn't it refreshing to get in the shower and get clean, right? To just just clean off and everything, you stink, you're dirty, your, every, your hands are stained, you got stuff under your nails. But when you just, I man, you get a good bath or you just a good washing, it's refreshing. Like, man, it, I don't, like when I come in from working and everything, I don't even like to eat before I go take a shower. I just, it's something about I like to be refreshed and feel clean. Then I go sit down and eat. So I want to encourage you to, once again, repent. If you're in sin, if there's impurity in your life, to turn away. Listen, I should have said this in the first one as I'm just thinking. You know, the ways that that we feed on trash, the way that we defile ourselves. Listen, don't don't defile your marriage either by, by things that you say. I understand we all get into arguments. We all get into fights. We, you know, as, as as couples are, you know, most of us do, uh, you know, but I just want to encourage you. If you got, if you're having a hard time with your spouse right now, don't, don't run off and and, and spew off trash or defile your marriage with somebody else. By what you say, I'm not talking about a physical affair or nothing. I'm just talking about the words you say. Work through that. Amen. Honor your spouse. Honor your wife. Honor your husband. In other words, you might want to take his head off, but when you get around other people, my husband's a blessing. Yeah, He's a blessing. I want a bless him when I get home, yes, you know? But I'm serious. You know, be careful of the things you, you spew, you spew things, because people will feed on that, and that, too, is trash. Amen? Be careful. be careful. So number one, we need to resist it. Number two, if it's in our lives, we need to repent of it. And the third way that we see all through the Bible through Daniel is that, you know what, if there's impurity in our lives, fiery trials has a way. Of purifying our lives. Fiery trials has a way of doing that. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you will have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It has been tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith. Though your faith is more, far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Amen. Trials will come, but it says that it, it tests our faith. It sees, it'll purify us to see, you know, it'll purify our faith, but I know it'll purify us too. When you're walking through a trial... A lot of times i see people, I know people myself, when people are going through hard times, the first thing I've, I've seen people at the altar in my office saying, man, I don't know what's going on. I've repented. I've asked God to forgive me. They start going through an inventory. Man, what kind of sin do I have in my life? It might not be the cause of it, but some kind of way, fiery trials can do two things. I say this all the time, just as tragedy, which is one of the things. It can either draw you closer to the Lord or further away from him. A trial can be anything from physical, mental, or emotional problems. It could be a tragedy of you losing someone. It could be getting laid off, which a lot of people are going through. It could be marriage problems. It could be spiritual attacks. There's many trials that come that way that we have to walk through. You know, the Bible also says, don't be surprised when trials come your way like something strange is happening. Just as Jesus said, you will have temptation... Peter, Paul, Jesus, everybody's saying trials will come your way. It's going to happen. One, we have an enemy that hates us. When you sign up to be on, on God's team, so to speak, He's coming after you. We're going to have trials. We're going to have attacks. You know, sometimes things just happen. Sometimes you can't pinpoint, why am I going through this? Why am I going through this trial? Why is this happening? Sometimes there's no explanation. But the Bible says, you know what? You can test your faith. You can see where you're at. You can purify your life. You can find out, Lord, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, you know, ready to get rid of all this stuff in my life. Fiery trials has a way of purifying you and seeing where you're at in your faith in your heart and in your life. These are some examples many things your problems, you know, whatever it may be. But in Daniel 11:34, it speaks of a specific type of trial that each and every one of us as believers are going to have to go through. In Daniel 11:35 it says this, "And some of the wise will fall victim to persecution. And this way they will be refined and cleansed and made pure until the time of the end for the appointed time is still To come, church. I I don't think I have to tell you the times we're living in. If you haven't already, and just from you you probably just since you've been saved, have been persecuted in some way, whether it be verbally, some a friend cutting you off, maybe a boss treating you hard, but it's going to get worse than that. You can see where it's going. The decisions that are being made in our government, the decisions that are that are getting passed down. The Bible makes it clear. In those days, they will call evil good and good evil. Are you seeing that? They are calling wickedness good. Matter of fact, you know, well, let me not go there. There's coming a time, and that time I believe is right around the corner, where every one of us are going to be persecuted to a greater level than we always have. But it says in the Bible that in this way they will be refined and cleansed and made pure. Listen, a refining and a purifying of gold or anything, it's not an easy thing. They have to turn the fire up hot. It's not easy, but that thing comes out beautiful, right? If we want to be used, you see, this correlates going back to the beginning. If we want to be used in these last days, if we want to be used in these end times, if we want to be used when things get, when the fire gets turned up, as we get pure, we can be a force to reckon with. Amen. As Pastor Todd always says, good and bad travels on parallel tracks and often arrives at the same time. The greater persecution rises up, the greater the anointing will be on our lives. The purer you are, the greater anointing you will carry. The greater the Lord will be like, I'm ready to use somebody. Oh, I'm going to use him. He hadn't defiled himself what everybody at work has been looking at and laughing at on the Internet. I'm going to use him. Just like Pastor Thomas, I I Sunday, you know, this one hadn't stole from their employer, hadn't cheated on their taxes. You know what? I'm going to bless him to bless others in this time. Amen? Staying pure. Pastor Kelly was talking about integrity this morning in chapel. Integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. That's what integrity is. Do you have integrity? Are you pure in your integrity? When nobody's looking, do you still act the same way as you do when you're sitting here in church on Wednesday and Sunday? Amen. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are are, are a perfect picture of the fiery trial, right? They were thrown into the fiery furnace because they would not bow down to a false god. They said, no, we're only going to bow and worship the Lord our God. And he says, well, you know what? You're going to get thrown in a fiery furnace if you don't. He said, that's fine. Our God is going to deliver us. And he said, and even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow to your gods. I love that. I love that, that part. Of, he says, look, he might not deliver us. And that's cool. But even if he doesn't, I know we're going to be in heaven. So you can go ahead and throw me and we can be barbecued this afternoon. But you can go ahead and throw me in. And y'all know the story. They threw them in. And not only were they not burnt. It says that from what translations say the Son of God or someone that resembled the sons of God, a lot of people believe that is Jesus was walking around in the furnace with them. Not only were they not burnt, when they came out the fire, they said not one hair was singed, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Amen? Amen? So listen, let me encourage you. During the fiery trial, Jesus is closer than ever before. Jesus is the one that's going to be purifying you. Amen? So remember, don't run from the trial. They said, look, you can throw us in. And they threw him in, and Jesus was right there in the midst of them. And even, and then the you know the 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 king even turned around and said, "Listen, everybody needs to bow to these guys. God, he's the real deal." Amen. So, in closing, let's end where we started. Second Timothy two twenty one. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. I love that. Don't don't you just love being special? You know, like I said, we're all special as children of God. We're all precious. If you read Daniel, a couple times when Daniel started praying and getting visions and stuff, it says that, Daniel, be encouraged. You're precious to God. All of us are precious and special because we're children. If we're born again, we're his children. we're, We're special. We're precious. But he said that you will be a special utensil for honorable use. You, you know, some guys in there, they have that, that special tool that they like. That special maybe piece of equipment. Maybe that special golf club. That whatever it may be. Something, a special, I don't know, utensil or a pot that, that, you know, you ladies like to cook. Whatever it may be. Something that's like, man, you know, or, or like Pastor Todd talks about, your parents might have, you know, grew up in a home where you have plates and stuff that are holy. They special only for when, for when company comes over, right? Something about that your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Let's look real quick as we close it up. How did God use Daniel and his friends? We talked about the things that happened to him with the the fiery trial and uh, Daniel getting thrown into the lion's den uh, and all of that stuff. But how did they use him? They were in all four of them were in high positions in the province of Babylon. Every one of them. From the beginning, whenever you know Daniel started interpreting dreams and stuff, and that's, that's the next thing. Daniel started interpreting dreams. God gave him the ability to interpret dreams. They promoted him to over all the province of Babylon and everything. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the same thing. When they got thrown into the fiery furnace and Jesus delivered them, it says right after that that they were elevated even into higher positions of office in the province of Babylon. Why? Because they resisted. They kept themselves pure. I begin to think about this. I wonder if our government officials would be more effective if they would be pure. Amen? People would get into office and keep themselves pure, their lives pure, their motives pure. Maybe they're getting more done than they're doing now. Come on now. Huh? You know, again, God gave Daniel the ability to interpret dreams. You know, the kings are having tra- crazy dreams, and they called Daniel and said, man, like I can, he said, dream, interpreting dreams is not my business. I can't interpret a dream. Right off, the, right off the gate, Daniel said, listen, there ain't no glory to me. But I know who can't interpret your dreams. He went back to his three buddies and said, let's pray, let's fast, and ask God to give me the meaning of this man's dream. They did. That night, gave him a vision, went back to the king, told him his vision. God used them. Wouldn't you say that? Used them in a mighty way. Used them in a mighty way. Matter of fact, he even told him what his dream was before he'd interpret it. Nebuchadnezzar said, asked all his astrologers, hey, why don't you tell me my dream and tell me what it means? And they were like, oh, well, king, tell us your dream and then we'll tell you what it means. And he said, no, no, tell me what I dreamed and what it it seemed impossible. It's like, man, nobody can do this. And like, there's this one Hebrew boy, I think he can do it. And sure enough, he gave all glory to God right off the, I mean, I was, he used them in a mighty way to tell him what he dreamed and the meaning of dreams. I wish I knew the meaning of some of my dreams sometimes, Right? I don't know, maybe sometimes I don't want to know the meaning of your dreams. But you ever have a dream that you just feel like, man, I feel like this was profound. This was like, this really meant something, you know? And some people do. Some people have the gift of interpreting dreams. But use Daniel in a mighty way. They were used politically. They were used to interpret. He was used to interpret dreams. I love this. And I just, I caught this this time. I read through the book of Daniel many times this week as I was reading. Daniel was thrown in the lion den for continuing to pray. That was in chapter 6. If you notice, he, re- he, didn't, he said, like, I'm not going to pray to you guys. I'm going to keep praying to my God. Was thrown to the lion's den. He says that the angel closed their mouth. He used them as just like some futons and bean bags and just slept on the lions that night. That's how, like, children's church little books portray it, you know. So I think that's a cool thing. You know, big lion manes are, like, comfortable. I don't know. That's what I would do, I guess, if I was in there. But anyway, that's besides the point that was in chapter 6 if you look the very next chapter chapter 7 is when daniel starts getting visions of the end times all the way through the book into the book of daniel isn't that cool isn't that amazing he kept himself pure the last thing that was recorded that he resisted the king with the very next chapter he begins to get end time visions for the to the end of the book isn't that amazing God used him. He was a special utensil. He kept himself pure, and he's reading stuff that theologians are quoting today of what's going to happen in the end times. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. And look at Daniel 12, 3, and this is general. Daniel 12, 3 says this. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Keep that up, Doug. I would say that it's wise to keep yourself pure, Right? I would say it's wise. It says that they will shine as bright as the sky. And then it goes on to say, those that lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever. Again, Used in a in a mighty way. When you lead somebody to the Lord, I've said it many times and I'll stand by it till I go to heaven. Being born again is the greatest miracle that can take place on this earth. So yes, I would love to raise somebody from the dead. I've prayed and and God's used, you know, some, some of us, myself in the mission field. I've seen people healed and that's a huge blessing. Nothing's greater than somebody being born again. So it says, those that lead many to righteousness will shine like stars forever. That's, I believe that's a special utensil that's going to use people, God's going to use to lead many to the Lord. So God wants to use all of us in a mighty way. Amen. You believe that? You want to be a special utensil? Why don't you stand up with me? You know, we have to make a choice to stay pure and undefiled, but there is something awaiting us that is and always will be this way. Something the Bible talks about that will stay pure and undefiled, always has been and always will be, and it's this, First Peter 1, 3 and 5 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure, and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Isn't that awesome? Why don't you bow with me as we close in prayer? That's encouraging to all of us that are believers in here. But I want to talk to... To to, to those tonight that are maybe not believers, as we're encouraging us to stay pure, I'm encouraging all of us in here to stay pure, to to resist, repent, embrace the fiery trials. But I want to ask you, it says here that it was by his great mercy that you've been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Have you received the mercy of God? Have you been born again? Have you Accepted this this free gift, this salvation. It says that will never decay, will never be undefiled, will stay pure for all eternity. In order to receive this inheritance, you must be born again. The Bible says that God's mercy is new every single morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you say, "You know what, Brandon? I, I don't feel pure. I feel like I've I've been defiled for a long, long time now. I, I, I've been, I've I've indulged in a lot of impure, immorality, sexuality, theft, greed, lust, envy, thievery, violence, maybe impure thoughts, just straight rebellion to God, maybe to my parents, to my, to my workers. And I've never asked God to forgive me for these things. Maybe you don't feel like God is merciful. This scripture right here and all through our Bible, it tells us that God is merciful and that he has a priceless inheritance for you. But you must accept it through faith, it says right here. Through your faith, you must receive salvation that comes only through Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to take your sins, to take our place. With every hand bowed and every eye closed, you say, Brandon, I've never, I feel impure and I've never asked God to forgive me, but I want to do that. I want to be right with the Lord tonight. That's you, just slip up your hand. i like to pray for you. I see your hand back there. Anybody else? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Anyone else? Anybody else? Say, you know what? I need to get right with God. I need to get right with the Lord. We're not going to hurry. Any other hands? Any other hands tonight? Zach Brandon, right I want to get right with God. I need to be pure. I want to be purified. All right. For the young lady that raised her hand, we're going to pray with you, ma'am. Let's all pray together. If you believe this, just ask God to, to forgive you. Just pray together. And say, Lord Jesus, I, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of every sin. Lord, I pray that you purify me. Lord, I pray you cleanse me with your blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus for dying for me, for saving me, for having mercy on me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the inheritance of heaven. Now, Lord, give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you, to live pure, to live undefiled all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, and ma'am, after we dismiss in a, in, a, in a few seconds, I'd like you to come down here. My wife and I would like to meet you, and anyone else that maybe didn't raise your hand and you prayed that, we want to meet you. Like, let's pray. One more, one more prayer before we leave, y'all. Let's just self-inventory. If you could bow with me just for a few minutes. We still got a couple minutes. We're early. Come on, there may be something, as I, was, as I was preaching tonight, that the Lord showed you that you noticed some impurity in you, and you may need to Repent. I want you to take the time right now to begin to repent or begin to ask the Lord to show you. It may be that you need to come to this altar tonight when we close and not necessarily have anybody pray for you, but just get before the Lord and cry out to him and ask you to, to forgive you. If, you. if not tonight, uh, the altar, when you get home, in the next few days, ask the Lord to forgive you of any impurity. How many of y'all would say by signifying, and I want to pray, Brandon, I want to be that special utensil. I want to be used in a mighty way, a special way by the Lord. If that's you, just lift your hands to the Lord right now and say, that's me. That's me. I want to be used by the Lord. Amen. My Both of my hands are up. I don't want to settle for status quo. Look, you don't have to be perfect. He'll use you in an ordinary way. But you know what? I'm sick of ordinary. I'm ready for the extraordinary. Amen. But I pray in the name of Jesus that we wouldn't just be ordinary utensils sitting in a pantry like every other utensil. Lord, I want to be, Lord God, the pure, the shiny, the, the the spotless, Lord God, pure vessel that you will use in an extraordinary way. Father, our brothers and sisters that have their hands up, give them the grace to resist, Lord. Give them the grace in the fiery trials. Give us all grace in the fiery trials and the, to resist the enemy as we humble ourselves and seek you and draw close to you and resist the devil, Lord, Lord, your word says, I know he'll flee from us. Lord, give us, to to help us to be quick when there's anything that we take part in that is impure to repent, to turn away from it. Lord, we want to be used in a mighty way. Pour out your grace, pour out your power, pour out your anointing upon your church to be used, Lord God, in a mighty way. Like Daniel's, we want to see dreams. We want to see visions. We want to be used, Lord God, (coughs) in Jesus' name in a powerful way to lead many to righteousness, Lord. We want to shine bright like the stars, Lord, forever. We want to lead many to you. We want to glorify you. We want to be a light shining bright each and every day. Lord, I pray that over myself, over my brothers and sisters here tonight. Lord, use this. Master, you are our master, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to be ready for every good work, every good day. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Amen. But hallelujah. Well, God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be down here. If you prayed that prayer to get saved for the first time, please come down here. We'd love to meet you. Be safe and have a wonderful evening.